tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Hey, you want a beer? Or do you want to smoke some pot? Or we can have premarital sex. <laughs> we love premarital sex. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 176th episode of Pops and Box Office Flops presented by Wolbam Entertainment. We are the internet premiere podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we take our final look at horror movies that took their antagonists into space with the delightfully campy Jason X. I am Captain Cash and along with me tonight for this tale of spaceship terror is the man who nipple-clamped his professor for an A, the Thunderous Wizard. I got that A, and I don't regret a thing about it. Listen, you did what you had to do, and I respect it. Now, points of order, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Beoflops, and Wabam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. Jason X is available to stream on Tubi, and no, we still haven't received any of your checks, Tubi. Please send them at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Now let's talk beer. Tonight, we are drinking Voodoo Rangers Experimental IPA. This is an IPA from New Belgian Brewing, one of several of the Voodoo Ranger line. The ABV comes in at a, I won't say acceptable, but I'm a not disappointing 6.6 ABV. Uh, we chose it because Jason X, and this is experimental. Uh, so let's have a taste. You know, not bad. It's a, a hoppy, not very hoppy, actually. It's, I get a fruity taste. And let me do a couple of. Yeah. All right. Uh, I would describe this as a little fruity, um, kind of a, a, a solid down the middle IPA. Um, I would give this, if I had to watch a bunch of bad movies, but you gave me this beer for free, I, I'd give this two. I'd, I'd sit there for three hours drinking this. This ain't bad at all. I think uh, I think two, two and a half is a solid play with that. Yeah. It's yeah. a good beer. It, it, am I going to stop what I'm doing and try to seek this beer out? Maybe not, but if it's on tap, that's probably what I'll pick. All right. So... Let's get into the movie. Jason X was directed by James Isaac, who's known for other classics like Skinwalkers and Pig Hunt. Have has anyone seen those? I've have seen you. I've seen Skinwalkers. Uh, Pig Hunt? No. It must be a what was uh, it um, on, uh, Lord of the Flies from the perspective of Jack, the antagonist. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Nice. Uh, the film stars Kane. Welcome back, Hotter as Jason of the titular Jason X, Lexa Talia Al Ghul Doig, Doig? I think Doig. I mean, she was, yeah. ta- but I mean, she was Talia Al Ghul in... In Arrow, yeah. Yeah, all right, nice. Uh, as Rowan, kind of your final girl. Lisa Andromeda Ryder as KM14, 
Fun fact. Fun uh, fact. Alexa Doig also on Andromeda. And our college neighbor used to own every season of that terrible show. Which college neighbor? Uh, remember, you remember Robinson? Yes. Yeah. Vaguely. He owned every season of Andromeda. <laughs> Good <Yep>. for him. <laughs> I mean, this movie, and we'll talk about it, is absolutely a Canadian produced sci-fi show, of which I have seen many. Uh, and this is right down the middle for that. Uh, so it tracks that they're getting people from Andromeda. We also have Jonathan Nipples Potts as Professor Lowe. Peter, I got kicked down a fucking well. Mensa as Sergeant Brodsky. Uh, yeah, he he was the one who did This Is Madness. And whoo. yeah, so if you're yeah. sitting there going, I know I've seen this guy somewhere. That's probably where. Yes. Or on Spartacus. I guess that would be what he's probably second most well known for. He was the he was the slave master in Spartacus. At the point at which you become a meme, though, kind of feels yeah, like I mean that's that what is, you're most well known yeah, for. That thing's been done so many times over. So indeed. Uh Chuck Stargate TV show guy as sorry, Chuck Stargate TV show guy, Campbell as how do I say this guy's name? Sooneron. Sooneron. There it goes. And uh, and an awesome. He's on two Stargate shows. Not one, two. As what? I have never watched a Stargate show. Oh, no. yeah. I only know Momoa is in one. I know he's on. He was on Stargate Atlantis and then another Stargate. Which I know they made that, many Stargates, but again, it goes really to the Stargate heart of, if it's underwater, right? I mean, I guess if the Stargate's underwater, nothing says the Stargate can't be underwater. It's a Stargate. It can be anywhere, provided yeah. it goes to somewhere else with a different star, presumably. If there's no rainbows in space, there's no Stargates in Atlantis. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's that's entirely reasonable. Now, listener, listener, if you would buy a T-shirt that says there are no rainbows in space, please let us know. We'll add it to the store. Uh, but, you know, first we'll make a store where we can sell stuff. Anyway. Uh, back to the cast, uh, perhaps the best cameo in maybe ever is David Cronenberg uh, and Todd. I wrote this and co-wrote Drive Angry Farmer as Dallas. We brought back Drive Angry, everybody. Best show ever. Yeah. If you didn't think we could squeeze Todd Farmer's ass in here again, you were wrong because we found a way. There's always room for Todd uh, Farmer in our bucket seat. Yeah. Schlock uh, finds a way. <laughs> Truly, Schlock finds a way. Also, great for a t-shirt, let us know. Released in April of 2002, Jason X was dismissed by critics and audiences. It is the third lowest grossing film of the series, taking in 17.1 million worldwide on a budget of 14 million. Not, not great. No, and it and it had by far the highest budget of any of the original ten films, like which is tenfold. wild. Yeah, it only beat out Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason Goes to Hell, and would be dead last if not for the three million plus from overseas. It sits at nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes with a hundred and eight reviews and has a twenty five on Metacritic and received a C cinema score from audiences over time however 
fans have seemed to appreciate this more. And I think by now it has, at least on DVD sales, etc., done a little better. It's almost, it's sort of a culty movie at this point. I'm not going to lie. When I was, uh, so full disclosure audience, I have not watched a lot of the Jason movie. Like, every single one of these movies where it's like the fourth or 10th movie and we're in space, I haven't seen any of the previous ones. Not Leprechaun, not this. I just, like I've seen like a, like random Jason films at some point, but it was in the 90s on USA Up All Night and I haven't gone back and watched them since. I thought this was a comedy. I thought we were watching like Evil Dead, but with Jason. Oh, it's definitely that. And I mean, at the time, I saw this in theaters. And at the time, I was like, huh, what the hell was that? Uh, <laughs> the hell was that? Because the Jason movies, in my opinion, are not that good. They're not, it's not the strongest horror franchise, in my opinion. But it did aim to be scary for the most part. And this movie is like, nah, fuck that. Like, this movie's supposed to be fun and stupid. And over time, I, I really like it now. I think it's like sort of like, oh, shit, that's that's quite a swing you took there. I mean, this is the Mortal Kombat of Jason films. I, I don't know any other way to describe it, though. IMD does describe it as Jason Voorhees is cryogenically frozen at the beginning of the 21st century and is discovered in the 25th century and taken to space. He gets thawed and begins stalking and killing the crew of spaceship of the spaceship that's transporting him. Uh, Thunderous Wizard, how would you describe this in one sentence? So I have a couple. My first one was just okay. simply Spacen. Spacen? Yeah. Spacen X. You need yeah. the X. You, you, I like could, it. you could just say Jason takes Earth 2, or you could also say, yeah. you know, you could scream, this is Crystal Lake. <laughs> Kick. Well, if I'm going to call this anything... Or I guess if I'm going to give it a tagline, I'm going to call it in space. No one can hear you scream, but Jason can hear you fuck. And he's pretty upset about it. Dude, never, never been a fan of people humping. Like Ever. is Jason the original incel? Maybe. I mean, he Maybe. sort of is. Yeah. I mean, he's a kid who gets bullied at a summer, summer camp, camp and yeah. drowns because his horny, uh, camp counselors are not watching him and so then his mom who is you know she's the original killer but right know, kind of a twist on psycho but the other yeah. way around you know then he shows up and he's like you know what yeah i don't like horny people and i'm gonna start murdering some horny fools out here so like we're gonna get into the plot in just a second but the way it is timed that the teenagers on this ship start having sex and Jason wakes up, it's like it was an alarm for him. Like, oh, somebody's fucking, I got to stop that right now. It's kind of impressive. Oh, it's definitely, it's like irresponsibility. Oh, <laughs> I got to get him. I got to get him right now. You're having too much fun. I mean, <laughs> even if Jason goes to hell, they lure Jason out by having a girl like shower alone. And it's like, oh, this is just so you can have a nude scene in your movie. <laughs> Oh, and we'll get to that because there's nudity in this, but I feel like it works and is hilarious both times. Like, I'm a big fan. The, the way they handle it, it doesn't feel gratuitous at all, even if it kind of is. It's it's very anyway, in, on, it's in on the joke. I yeah. Think. Yeah. All right. So let's jump in. 
So the plot in 2008, Jason Voorhees is finally captured by the U.S. government and held at Crystal Lake Research Facility because I guess they built a science station where the summer camp was. Listen, it it was in the other movies. It's got to be in this one. It's a very token reference. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, our multi billion dollar facility is at this remote lake town for reasons. Lake town. Sure. Why not? The top scientist there, Rowan, recommends putting the angry galoot into cryostasis, but the government has other ideas. They want to study him and his astonishing powers of regeneration. Uh, Predictably, however, when they show up to take him, Shit hits the fan. Jason massacres basically everybody, including a brief cameo by the one and only David Cronenberg. So welcome. Welcome back. Uh, uh, so but- fun fact, listeners, David Cronenberg isn't just in this for shits and giggles. James Isaac had frequently collaborated with David Cronenberg, and he essentially was like, oh, you're directing that movie. Well, you got to put me in it. Oh, you got to put me in it with the specific caveat that and Jason has to murder yeah, me. And I have to get murdered. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Like, I don't know a lot about David Cronenberg, but if you're willing to do that, like put me in the movie with your monster and please let the monster kill me. Seems like a pretty cool dude move. Like, he, I, I don't know him, but you know, yeah. All right, man. He seems like he just does what he wants to do. Like all his movies are very Cronenberg. Uh, they're all what are you gonna do whatever yeah. I goddamn want. I'm David Cronenberg, and he frequently appears in like weirder scenes of his own movies. Like he delivers the fucking larvae baby in The Fly. He's the doctor. Nice, yeah, <laughs> spectacular. Uh, so after the Cronenberg and killing everyone, Jason naturally goes to murder the Rowan doctor as quickly as he can, but she manages to trick him lures him into the cryostasis pod uh, and starts the cryostasis, but she mistakenly looks in the window, gets a little too close, and that prompts Jason to thrust his machete through what I assume is several inches of steel because he's Jason, stabs her and causes the entire room to be cryogenically frozen. Just for the record, not how that would work. I... (laughs) I'm not sure how any of that works. I, I feel like everything I just said does not work, but that's what the movie's going with. So we're, we're riding with it. So now fast forward 455 years and the crew of the spaceship Grendel, which the monster from Beowulf. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I still feel like, like we were this close to them calling the ship crystal Lake or some horse shit like that, but they call it the Grendel. Fair it's- enough. I'm shocked it went like even sort of like, hey, let's have some famous literary work. We're going to make a mild allusion to a literary work. Yeah. Our our people will get it. It's a monster. If it was called Grundle, that fits this movie 100 100%. That also works. (laughs) The spaceship Grundle. It's always always really uncomfortably warm and moist in the spaceship Grundle. Gotta, you get assigned baby powder when you yeah. get aboard. You got a spaceship like smells weird at all times. <laughs> at all times, like maybe not always bad, but like verging on it. Like some things that you're like, this isn't right. I gotta, I need to take a shower. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yep. the, the the people aboard the spaceship Grendel, Grendel, 
whatever, discover the frozen remains in the wasteland remnants of Earth One because uh, Earth is destroyed. If you're listening to this in the future, how'd that go? Not great, right? I assume not great. Anyway, uh, they bring both bodies aboard, uh, both Jason and Rowan, figuring that they can revive Rowan with their newfangled technology. And lo and behold, they can. Uh, obviously, bringing Jason on board is a gigantic mistake, especially when you realize the spaceship Grundle uh, is populated almost entirely by horny teenagers on an archaeological dig. It's like an all-you-can-eat murder buffet for Jason aboard that ship. An all-you-can-murder buffet. Yeah. Uh, we get introduced to just the broadest outlines of characters. <laughs> it's it's like three or four horny teen... Uh, no, it's like five or six horny teenagers, a professor who is sleeping with one of the, <laughs> the students to give her a better grade, uh, and a guy, a nerd who has a feminine robot that in what might be it got a laugh out loud for me the robot is clearly in love with the nerd that built her yeah uh-huh. and she she's like i want nipples and so there's a scene with this woman topless and her nipples fall off with two very loud clunk clunk metallic clunks as the nipples <laughs> hit presumably the bulkhead of the spaceship and and at that point i realized Oh, I'm watching a comedy. This isn't supposed to be scary at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, there, there's also that's kind of hinted that he has sex with the robot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely had sex with the robot, and yeah. it's it's awkward, but we're we'll get there. Oh, you you get like it, grimy uh, uh, guy that works in the engineering uh, section of the ship. You get uh, oh yeah, hot, hot scientist. Oh, yeah. uh, you also get uh, several Marines that are also yeah. aboard the ship for. Is that ever actually explained? They're yeah, just there. Just on a educational, you know, three hour tour. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you go to Earth One with your archaeological team, you bring along four to five space Marines because space Marine stuff. So they bring back Rowan. She is in fact fine. They have Jason on the ship and we, and the, the dirty professor realizes what he has is an original Jason Voorhees and he could potentially sell him for a lot of money. So they're, they're going to try to sell Jason. But before that happens, some teens start to engage in premarital sex and boy, does Jason not like that? Uh, He's not going to just sleep through that. He literally, I, and the way it plays out is truly amazing. It's these teens start going at it and he sits up bolt right from the table. Like <gasps> somebody's fucking, I got to stop it. Is it. Nope. Oh, oh, oh no. You brought Jason aboard. You're not going to do that here. Yeah. Uh, he, he should have really just been an RA at a, a college dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that tracks in a lot of ways. Uh, but in waking up, he does murder, which he murders the 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 woman who is working in the lab, who's the studious one, which I kind of like because I got the vague sense like, oh, OK, she's working hard on doing her her like homework. 
she's going to be, this is going to be one of the final girls because she doesn't engage in any of the shenanigans the rest of the kids do. And no, no, in fact, she gets killed in maybe the most gruesome death of all. Her death, quite simply, rocks. It's, it, yeah, cryogenically oh, freezes her skull and smashes it against her equipment table. He dunked her head into a bath of liquid nitrogen, freezes it, and then smashes it, and it is like it. It's a. It is every bit of Mortal Kombat murder. It's like probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's it's very impressive. It's excellent. Like it's an excellent dummy. It's an excellent prop. Like even the she you know, when they dunk the woman's head in the. I mean, it obviously it was water when they filmed it, right? But the way they make it look like her face freezes, I assume they use some kind of CGI for that. I it it holds up very well in the the dummy, the faceless, headless dummy that they have looks pretty great too. I mean, 10 for 10, way to go. They came out strong. I mean, unfortunately, the rest of the kills, not as good, but you know, this one pretty good. Uh he then murders his way through an entire group of space marines chops a dude in half oh we even left off the fact that when they originally got jason out of the the cryo chamber he cuts one of the kids arms off which they can regrow so it's fine because it's the you know 25th century but still it's ridiculous nanotechnology nano well i mean it's important because that will come back in uh-huh, a, in an yeah. intense way yeah uh but basically we get the space Marines murdered where he, Jason throws one of the guys onto a giant screw and we get the post-mortem death of what happened to, to Simmons or whatever the guy's name is. Oh, he's screwed. And at that point I went, you know, movie, how you made me laugh with the fake metallic <laughs> nipples. I'm taking some of that back. That was not okay. I don't, I didn't like that. Why is there a giant screw? Nobody knows. Just there. It's just, it's just there. Now, I mean, yeah. maybe we needed to do space mining. Oh, maybe there maybe, was like a really maybe, big. Uh, Bruce Willis was aboard that ship at one point. Exactly. In yeah. case they had to like drill a hole into an asteroid, okay. maybe save sense, Earth yeah. One. There's lots of choices. Yeah. Uh, he definitely breaks a guy like Batman or Bane breaks Batman. Um, let's see. He kills. Smashes the skull of the drive angry guy, kills the pilot, cash from black sheep, causing the ship to crash through several space stations they were supposed to dock at, uh, and then murders the professor, decapitates him, and shows him to the ship's pilot, which the ship's pilot kind of is like, oh, like it's a really weird reaction. What are you doing here, Professor Lowe? I have a real question about why the space station they're supposed to dock at is so much smaller than the spaceship. <sighs> it's like it's like a third of the size of the spaceship. Okay. Let let me answer that by telling a brief story. During the filming of the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, there was a scene in which Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford are running in the Death Star and it is post the trash compactor scene and Mark Hamill looked at Harrison Ford and went well, wait, we just got out of the trash compactor. Shouldn't I be kind of wet? My face all kind of grimy. And Harrison Ford looked at Mark Hamill and said, hey, kid, it's not that kind of movie. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> NTKM, buddy. Why? 
because that's what they could do with their $17 million. Uh, before Jason can kill any more of them, the nerd finally mods out his KM-14 and turns her into a murder robot by probably having sex with her. Because uh, there's a moment when she shows up and now she's like strapped with like guns and bullets and a, and a bayonetta and stuff. And she's all like, I'm ready to fight Jason. And the guy's like, I, I downloaded her into her. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I, that a- I gave her an upload. That's where there it is. Thank you. Excuse <laughs> me. I gave her an upload. Ew. <laughs> Just ew. Uh, but with this new set of combat skills, KM14 does in fact best Jason, murders him, and then promptly kicks him into a machine, which is unfortunately the nano machine that can repair anything. As the, the rest of the group attempts to flee, the exploding spaceship slash space station, the nanomachine repairs Jason and turns him into cyber Jason, which is kind of like if you took Jason and mixed him with a predator and the Terminator, you'd kind of get this look, right? Yeah. Apparently this idea was stolen from one of the early scripts for Freddy versus Jason that was never made which uh, New Line had basically bought the rights to Jason just to make a Freddy versus Jason. And they, it just could, they could never get it off the ground. And that's how Todd Farmer swooped in and, and pitched this. And they just were like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like we well, should have robot Jason. <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't we do, we'll just do a robot Jason. Why, why wouldn't you do a robot Jason? The option is there. You take it. Obviously. I, Yes, sure. I mean, Why not? It's pretty rad. As terrible as it looks, it's pretty rad. I mean, here's the thing: it is clear that we have hit the point in the film where the movie ran out of money. It still had some good ideas, but it didn't have the budget to execute them. Oh, they're long out of money by this point. It seems it gets like, like it goes from like ridiculous to utterly nonsensical in the wink of an eye so cyber jason comes back absolutely wrecks the the fembot because now he's cyber jason it's on equal footing it's not it's not even fair uh so their trick is to trap jason in a vr like like a holodeck suite from star trek and this is another point where the movie seems to really understand itself because that's where the girls from the top of the the open come in where let's Let's drink beers and smoke pot and have premarital sex. And then they take their tops off and get in sleeping bags. And Jason is just there murdering them. And again, (laughs) very funny. I don't feel like it's gratuitous at this point. It's just silly and having a good time with it. It's my favorite part of the movie. I think that that scene is, is unimpeachable. (laughs) It's, it's very good, but like, and I swear to God, I, I know Joss Whedon didn't write on this, but it feels like this is where the movie is doing their best to ape Buffy and any of that kind of that style so hard, just so hard. No, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's also not surprising why fans originally hated this so much, like fans who are hardcore Friday the 13th fans. 
because this movie is basically like, yeah, your horror icon is like kind of an idiot. And, and he's like, a cartoon character. Yeah, he's he's as tropey as tropes get. And we're going to make fun of all that. Exactly. Um, we do get what would be, in my opinion, the coolest death were it not visualized so terribly where uh, the hull of the ship gets punctured and creates a tiny hole which sucks one of the the college kids out through the hole except the movie has run out of money so basically you see the actress go this really sucks and then it like the camera quick moves and it's just flesh around the open hole in the bulkhead and I'm like you had an opportunity here. You filmed the cryo head smash. This should have been the second thing you filmed and put money into. Because this would have been incredible. Oh, they could have made it, it is. so gnarly. Yeah. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Not to mention everybody else is like not getting pulled at all. And she's like, oh, yeah. I, I help. They're all like, no, nah, it's cool. We're just, we're going to yeah. leave. <laughs> we got, we got to go. Uh, so they, they being the nerd the head of the fembot uh, and Rowan managed to escape to the escape pod as the ship blows up. But Jason is still coming for them. But before he can reach them, Brodsky, the uh, this is Sparta guy, space tackles Jason and they both descend into Earth 2, going through the atmosphere, burning up completely. Until we cut to Earth 2, a pair of young lovers observe a falling star streak through the night, and there's a splash down in the lake, and you see the, the metal helmet of, of Jason X land in the lake, and it plays the theme, like, oh, now Jason is on Earth 2. And that is that the first time they do the ch 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 I think it is. I, I could be I wrong. Maybe it's, it's in the beginning too, but it's not yeah. really in the rest of the movie. I don't, I don't recall. Maybe it is. But listen, they're they're paying by ch ch and ha. Yeah, they had they had enough money for to use those each twice, no more. And end of the movie. So overall, thunderous wizard. How many beers do you need to watch this? Oh, this is a total midnight movie. It's so dumb and so fun. It's three enjoyment beers, maybe even four enjoyment beers. There's no pain beers to be had here because I guess if you're going in and, and you you don't know what to expect and you love the franchise, you might be pissed. But by this point, this movie's been out for 20 years and uh, it's unapologetically like just a riff on its own franchise. Yeah, I mean, it knows what it is. And what it is, is, look, you came to watch some silly kills. You came to, or you came to watch some gnarly kills. That, that's it. That's all. That's the whole reason we're here. Just, you bought the ticket to take the ride. But I think you're right. Like, if you were of the vein of Jason is a serious monster, he's scary, it's, a, you will hate this film. You'll hate it. There's just no way around it. Uh, but if you're just in for a, you want to watch a dumb slasher movie and have a couple of beers, three, three enjoyment beers, have a nice time everybody. It's not, it's not bad. You know, and, and the, the thing is like, 
I get why people may have been upset at the time because Jason Goes to Hell was 1993. So you're expecting like, this is a big comeback. Oh, he's back. And it's not, it's not at all that. Like this isn't it's a return not. to glory at all. This is not uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare, for example. Right. Like, no. So, if, if, you know, in that respect, it's like, Oh, what the fuck, man? Like, honestly, this is what we get after nearly 10 years. But that's where the character was at. Really. I think like, by that point in time, you know, Scream had been come out and made two sequels. New Nightmare had yeah, come yeah. out. Like the 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 slasher genre was not what it was by two thousand two. It it was younger and hipper. I wouldn't say better, but certainly like. I mean, you had Scream. You had what was it? The Urban Myth movie. Yeah, Urban Legend. You had I know yeah, what you Urban did Legend last summer. Like you know, Jason was a, a you know, he was a dinosaur. By this point, uh, this movie was like, hey, did you think Jason has become a parody of itself? You haven't seen a parody of Jason yet. We're going to give you a parody of Jason. And that's the thing. Like, he never, I think, bastardized himself as badly as Freddy did in the 80s. Like, some of the Nightmare sequels are truly, like, uh, they're just bad. And they're goofy and they're bad. And But that's what yeah. was popular. And that's why you could make bubblegum and sell it to children. So yeah yeah all right well let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll have some other questions but first up let's hear from our friends at the double turn podcast tell us all about that big time wrestling Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. All right, welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is our final Slashers in Space with Jason X. So we talked the plot. We've talked our one-sentence review. Let's talk about the movie itself. In a movie full of utterly ridiculous kills, which kill is the best, in your opinion? Thunderous Wizard. Okay, so my favorite scene in the movie is the we love premarital sex, and then he's. I mean, that is uh, pretty good. The sleeping bags, and then it culminates with him slamming one of the sleeping bags against a tree. But they're technically not real people, so I, I still think it counts. They're as real as anything else in this film. Yeah. So if it if that's technically not a kill, what then I would choose the head smash, but. That is my favorite scene in the movie. I think that movie, that scene is just so incredible. The head smash is legit good. 20 years on, the head smash is still like, oh, wow. That's kind of, I'm impressed. This movie um, is everything Leprechaun 4 wanted to be. It didn't really is. Which is. But it's weird because didn't this come out? This came out before Leprechaun 4, right? Or after no, Leprechaun 4, I mean... Six years was or six or five years after this, because Leprechaun Four was either ninety six or ninety seven. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. This is two thousand and two. Uh, so like, like they, went, they looked at Leprechaun Four and went, "We can do that, but better." 
And yeah. I mean, they did. They absolutely did. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They probably, they're, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're on to something there. There's a germ of a brilliant idea. What if we just take our slasher and put him in space? Yeah. I, I, we talked about it in the plot, but I really think that if they'd have gone watch a person get sucked through a hole in the bulkhead that is too small for a person, that would have been pretty rad. Like conceptually, that's the best one. You know, and as I, it's realized, not so much. And considering, like, you know, like this movie costs 14 million, right? And a lot of that is probably wasted on some of the silly CGI you don't need. Again, you don't need to show the outside of the spaceship. But considering I just watched Terrifier, because I want to see Terrifier too. And I've heard like, oh, it's making people faint. And I find that stuff kind of funny because it's like, like, why do you go see Terrifier too if you if you can't handle it? I don't know, but and there's yeah. a scene in Terrifier that's so grotesque, like really, really grotesque. And that movie was made for I don't know, probably a hundred thousand dollars. So I know you can do practical effects on the cheap, and they could have done something real gnarly with that body getting sucked through that hole. And they didn't. Yeah, and it's disappointing. So I, I like I'm with you. There's a reason that that frozen head smash stands the test of time it's because it is legitimately good so it's definitely that her face freezing is is rock solid like it's great effects work yeah and like and the sound work where you hear the the crack of like the ice forming as well as her voice kind of cutting out to let you know oh she's frozen like it it completely works like if you put that scene in a film today you would not go, ah, special effects here are not so great. They'd be like, no, that's 100% legitimate. Good job. No, totally holds up. 100% agree. So I think we're to the point now, and we've gone through a fair number of these, that we can talk about our favorite slasher from this era. So that'll include your Freddies. That'll in- I'll even throw in your ghost face faces. Right? Uh in our grand scheme of Super Slash Brothers, which one is your favorite? Who would be your main? It can be Jason. I'll allow Mike Myers. Michael Myers? Mike Myers? Listen, Austin Powers is also a murderer, definitely. So Well, we'll certainly the cat in the hat is a, at yeah. least oh, a, some, oh my some, God. some kind of heinous murderer. But... Freddy, Jason, Mike Myers, Ghostface, horror antagonists. If you're playing Super Slash Brothers, who's your main? So I think I mentioned this when we did the new Nightmare, but I love Freddy. Freddy was my guy. Mm. He's my favorite. I would always go with Freddy. And I love that uh, Mortal Kombat has incorporated like... Freddy was in Mortal Kombat 9 and Jason was in uh 10 and uh was J- was it Jason and I think Leatherface and Jason were in the same one which I think was 10 and that's kind of neat like oh like now you get to like play this game where you violently murder people with these characters who like that's what they do yeah. do they let you do Freddy versus Jason no, that's kind of the bummer. And it was also uh, the Jackie Earl Haley 
Freddie more so than in appearance than, than Robert England. Yeah. And I do think I mean, I, Jackie I like, Girl Haley did a yeah. good job. It's just the movie isn't as good yeah, as yeah. the originals. Yeah. If I had to main any of them, you know who I'd pick? Mm. Is it Rumpel Chucky? <laughs> Chucky. Give me give me the tiny doll character that's too tall to be shot by projectiles. He just oh, yeah, naturally ducks them. He's sort of like the odd job of, of yes, exactly. Slash Brothers, yeah. Like maybe he's not the strongest, but just that element of he's too short to be hit by projectiles. Chucky. Plus, I love Brad Dourif. Can we? Can, isn't it? I mean, I love the Child's Play movies, and isn't it kind of awesome that that's the one that has endured seemingly the most? There's a TV show that people love. That's you know on Sci-Fi. I think it's going into its third season. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I you know, did they, not know that they tried Is to Chucky reboot still- it, and it was fine. But people are like, no, no, we want Brad Dourif's Chucky. Yeah, we want that specific one, yeah. please. We don't want, uh, and Mark Hamill was Chucky, and I was like, oh, like I love Mark Hamill, but it just wasn't the same without without Brad. Brad's the man. He really is, yeah. Nice. All right. So, now here's the important other question. Not just who would be your main, but who's actually the best? Who Who would win the fight? Not just a month, but across the board, who is the champion of Super Slash Brothers? Because, listen, I love Chucky. He's not standing up against Jason. You know what, though? I, I kind of wonder, because does Jason murder children? Not generally, but, I mean, he did try and kill Tommy on a couple of occasions. Because Corey I Teenagers are children, though. Yeah. Corey Feldman was a young Tommy Doyle. Is that his name? I think it is. I don't know. Tommy something or other. Uh, oh, wait, that's... No, that's... Tommy Doyle's from Halloween. So what yeah. the hell is the kid's... I think it's Tommy in, in Friday the 13th, too. But regardless, he tried to kill Corey Here's what Feldman say. for six. Pennywise definitely kills Chucky on principle. Pennywise and Freddy have it out in terms of, of magical powers. And maybe Pinhead gets in there. But at the end of the day, fucking nothing kills Jason. I kind of feel like it's Jason. Uh, here's what I'll say. So Cyber Jason seems to be impossible to defeat. He doesn't even need to be cyber. Yeah. Like he he always regenerates. Doesn't matter. Gonna, he keeps coming back. I'm gonna bring something back from very early in the podcast days. And that's right. Super, Super Freddy, who was played by the same actor that played uh, Ben Grimm in uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. So Super Freddy, who's like this bulked out superhero version of Freddy Krueger, who appears in the Dream Child in the, in the comic book scene, versus Cyber Jason. That's the heavyweight fight. I want to see <laughs> that. That was your true Freddy versus Jason yeah. moment that they robbed from you. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to see. This is like Godzilla versus Kong of horror icons. Spectacular. All right. I accept it. All right. Uh, so final question before we move on and take another little bit of a break. This movie was not well received when it was originally released. It's better received now. Twenty some years on. 
what do you think it is about this movie that still that resonates with folks that where it didn't before to me i think it's just because it's fun and it's a fun diversion from all the other movies that started to feel so derivative of each other and which i mean that's funny to me because this is at least the fourth right chronologically of the films that we have done where they sent the, the antagonist into space so by the time we got here they had been doing in space for at least six years and yet this is the best one of the four we've done oh it definitely is i mean and it's, even, not, it's like it's not even close yeah even though it does feel cheap it's not straight to video like uh, critters and, and oh, leprechaun boy, critters and, and uh well, I guess Hellraiser went to theaters, but this is far better than Hellraiser because, I mean, Hellraiser was clearly out of ideas by Hellraiser 4, like totally out of ideas. And I think to a degree, so was Friday the 13th. And that's why this guy, Todd Farmer, who honestly, I mean, look at his resume, like he writes schlocky stuff and that's fine. I mean, that seems to be what he enjoys and he knew what the assignment was. This He did. Like this movie does not take itself seriously. And then when you think about it, like, like you can go back and watch some of the other ones. They're all the same movie, essentially. Yeah, because you get, oh, we'll take this thing. We don't know what this thing is. It's probably fine. We have all this technology. They're all Jurassic Park in a way, right? Yeah. We have total control. Oh, no, we don't. I uh... I do think that there's a greater appreciation for sort of the the meta-ness of the film. It's a lot more popular now, especially post things like Scream and Cabin in the Woods to acknowledge some of the horror tropes in your horror film, which this doesn't do it as successfully as Scream does, but there's a chunk of that here. And I, I don't know. I think that's pretty funny. Oh, it just, it, Yeah. I do. I do appreciate that. I, yeah, I appreciate having the person that knows exactly what's going to happen on board the ship as well. Like yeah. she's, she's our avatar. She's talking for the audience. Like how stupid can you possibly be that you would bring this frozen lunatic onto your ship? What do you mean? It's like, uh, it, it's Jason. You know what Jason is. There are people who want to buy Jason. This is bad. I mean, but you know, 500 years hence, I'm sure that, that like if somehow we found the corpse of Jack the Ripper right now, there'd be a whole group of people like, yeah, let's, you know, we'll sell Jack's corpse. Just bring him aboard the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the bring him aboard the Gulf stream. It'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, didn't the dude from corn own uh, Ted Bundy's uh, VW bug. So people, I, people buy the, weird shit. Listen, everybody, and this is important in the wake of the Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix. Actual murderers aren't fun. Like, Jason and Freddy are fun because it's fiction. Don't buy stuff from actual serial killers. That's bad, you guys. It's bad. And on that phone note, let's hear from our brothers in beer over at Hop Nation USA. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. 
Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. And welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. We are closing out our final of our Slashers in Space Flops with Jason X just kind of wrapping everything else up, talking about our recommendations for this week. Thunderous Wizard, what you watching? Okay, so uh, I have a couple racks. Uh, Certainly Terrifier, which is free on Tubi because... uh, Terrifier so, 2 is actually kind of crushing it at the box office. It keeps getting expanded into more theaters, which is really rad for uh, That's the guy. That's good for horror, right? Yeah. Um, for, for a movie that was made for $250,000, I think it's grossed $5 million so far. So good for, good for I think his name is Dominic Leone. But yeah, uh, Terrifier is pretty good. Uh, obviously low budget, but I... I think Art the Clown is pretty righteous. So that'd be one. Um, David Cronenberg is in this movie, and you should definitely watch his 1986 film, The Fly, with Jeff Goldblum, which is free on HBO Max. It is fantastic body horror. I don't think there's very many body horror movies as good as The Fly. It it totally I, that is up. That is the body horror film, in my opinion. It's it's very, very good. It's still very, very good. I just watched it the other day. Uh, great revisit. And then third, also on HBO Max, is Barbarian, which is a very well-reviewed horror movie from this year. It is a wild ride. I'm not going to spoil it because I think you just got to go into Barbarian blind and see it for yourself. But uh, Is it a horror film? Is it a... It's definitely a horror What film. is the setting? Yeah, it's, it's like a... It is a contemporary, like modern day, set in like a house. It's not, um, I wouldn't call it supernatural. Uh, just just really creepy horror. Like what the hell is wrong with this place that we are in and what is going on? And it, Interesting. it comes at you. Bill <laughs> uh, uh, Skarsgård's in it. Uh, oh yeah Skarsgård always yeah. good to see a Skarsgård now a Sarsgård or a Skarsgård Pennywise is in it yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. I, th- that those are two people yeah. two different families not uh, not the guy who is the plot device of the Batman that's that's Sarsgård who Mayor McCheese would love to remind us looks exactly like Kiefer Sutherland uh, Skarsgård Sarsgaard is the guy who is a, a an angry testicle in the Green Lantern. Yes, yes, he is testicle. There it is. We got um, there. So nice. Justin Long, uh, Bill, I think is right. Bill Skarsgaard. I think that's Pennywise. Uh, but yeah, I was like, it's Bill. Bill. Bill is the the Pennywise. Yeah. I'd heard very good things about Guards. Barbarian, and I was like, all right, I got to watch this. And yeah, hard recommend. Check it nice. out. Actually, all three hard recommends. Excellent. So for me this week, I uh, I caught a show on HBO Max. HBO Max is that what we're calling it now? It's still that, right? Yeah, it's still that. Well, uh, till they till they ultimately kill HBO and everything that yeah. we love. For now, but they gave us Superman HBO Discovery. Back. So here so. here's your Superman. Go 
go play. Now watch everything else die. <laughs> yes. Well, it, listen, they put Jim Gunn in charge of stuff. He, he's he got it. I, I feel like I, I trust Gunn. Honestly, no, uh, uh, yeah, DC, I think the future is looking bright now. I'm, I'm, it could I go good, uh, right? Yeah, I didn't love Black Adam, but I had a good time. And I think the after credit scene, obviously, which I just spoiled. But, you know, by the way, this yeah. is uh, this is way later now. So it's cool. Uh, it's I fine. loved it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I was watching HBO Max and it recommended uh, uh, an HBO. It's a Latin show. It's Mexican uh, called Los Espookies, where it's basically four people who are obsessed with horror films and are kind of a combination of haunted house slash makeup effects artists basically act as the villains in every Scooby-Doo thing, except, you know, they're the protagonists. So they're taking jobs where they pretend that, oh, there's a ghost here. So you don't want to come stay at this house or there's a sea monster in this local town. So it draws in tourism and it's, it's, it's very funny. Like, I don't want to say a lot more than that. Like, each of the characters kind of has their own thing from the guy who's obsessed with horror to the guy who is the heir to this chocolate empire who has, like, it's just this goofy goth kid or kind of the spacey, um, the spacey sister to the main, like, female lead who is the only one that kind of has her shit together. Like, it's, it's very funny. Strong recommend. Check it out. Los Espookies. I'd heard about that. Yeah. I, I And that does look funny. I, I'll have to check that out. It, it came out in 2019. And the, but, you know, because of the, the pandemic, the newest season only dropped this year. I think a couple, like literally in September last month. So it's definitely worth checking out. I haven't seen season two yet, but what I've seen so far is really good. All right. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Hops and Boxes and Flops. Thank you so much for listening. If you would be so kind, make sure to leave us a review on Apple. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe all of our various channels, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you have it. I can be found at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Thunderous Wizard can be found at Ryder TLK. Thanks for listening. And most crucially, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>